All right, do me a favor, track down a Bible if you can. Hopefully you've got one at home and get with me to Mark chapter 4. We're in a series right now called the Jesus Storybook Bible, and we've committed as a church to walking through a children's Bible. And, um, you know, coincidentally, or maybe providentially, we landed in a story this week about Jesus calming a storm. So if you're reading that together with your family or with your small group, um, that's the place where you're going to find yourself this week. And so this morning, we're stepping into that story, and we're going to look at it, and we're going to allow for God to speak over us in these, in these troubling times. So Mark chapter 4, verses 35 to 41. So I'm going to read it, and then I'll pray, and we will, we will get to work. Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Let's pray. Lord, we ask right now that as we've opened the word together, that you would speak to us, that you would help us to know you, that you would help us to know your control, your power, your care, your concern. Help us to better interpret the circumstances of our lives, Lord, that even when we're going through very challenging things, you are there and you are good. So we commit this time to you. We ask that you bless it, please, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, we're going to look at this story and we're going to really look at it under three different headings. You've got the storm itself, and we need to talk about that and how it relates to the experiences that we're presently going through. And then you've got the Lord of the storm who's present in the boat and Lord over all things, but certainly over that storm as well. And then finally, the lesson is how can we have faith within the storm? How can we have faith within the storms of life? So the storm, the storm um, reveals to us something about The fact that trouble comes in different ways, but it touches the ordinary things of life and and it also shows up in bigger and more profound ways. It touches the ordinary things of life. If you're looking at the story, there are some details in there that the commentators notice and they say, there are details here that don't really advance the plot line. There are things that are mentioned here that really aren't necessary for us to hear how the story unfolds. For instance, it tells us that it was evening time. It tells us that they took Jesus just as he was. He was teaching from a boat uh, at the beginning of chapter 4. He's still in that boat. And it's kind of that idea that they didn't go back to the shore and grab a duffel bag of gear. They just took him as he was. But that's not a necessary detail for us to understand the, the story. There were other boats there. It tells us that there were other boats that were present. So you've got these kind of ordinary details tucked into the story that most commentators say that helps us to believe that this is a, 
a, a retelling of an event, that this is an eyewitness account of what really happened so we can trust it. Mark is recording for us things that he actually saw and he's tucking in there these ordinary things. Now, here's why this is important in this moment. We are going through a storm that culturally, societally, globally right now, we're going through a very challenging time. We're meeting online as a church because we can't gather together and do things as we ordinarily would. We're going through a storm. But in the midst of the storm, here's what you need to know. God is aware of the smallest of things. He notices the details and he records those details and he cares about them. Some of us right now, in the midst of everything that's going on, we might feel like, yes, the, the, there's a brokenness at a global scale. But I'm dealing with some, you know, maybe it feels smaller or insignificant. And God cares about that also. So some of us right now, we're having to figure out, what does it mean to work remotely? What does it mean to not be able to go to an office and meet with my team? And some of us are having to figure that stuff out this week. And it'll be new and it'll be different. And it can cause anxiety and it can cause trouble. And God sees that and he cares. Some of us are having to figure out what it looks like to have our kids be out of school for multiple weeks. Who's going to watch them when we have to work? How are they going to learn? You know, they've got an online learning program, but what does that mean? Well, we have the technology to be able to pull that off. There are all kinds of smaller things going on right now that I just need you to be aware that God sees that and he's aware of it and he cares. Those things that we're dealing with, they're not insignificant to him. He sees the big picture of everything that's going on. He also sees the smaller things that are going on in your life as well. Wondering if you can have that dentist appointment next week or have that doctor's appointment that you have on your calendar or whether or not you're going to be able to travel with these plans that you've already made. All these different things. Yes, there are big things going on right now, but God also cares about those small details in your life. He sees and he cares. And in the midst of the storm, we see the Lord's concern even over the ordinariness of life. But we also are aware that in the midst of the storm, there are some absolute dangers. There are some things that are troubling, that are life-threatening. Look at verse 37. So in our story, they're traveling across. Jesus had suggested that they cross over to the other side. And while they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, look at what happens. Verse 37, a furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. They're traveling on a boat across a big body of water and a storm comes out of seemingly nowhere and it is a life-threatening storm. In fact, listen to the way that the Sailors describe it. The disciples describe it like this in verse 38. The disciples woke Jesus up because he was sleeping on a cushion. They woke him up and they said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? They're saying our lives are at stake right now. We're, our boat is about to be capsized. We're about to be swamped and we're about to die. Don't you care that we're about to drown? Now, this is different than naive panic because these gentlemen are experts. There is a way to deal with fear that's just naive. It, it, we don't know enough and so we just kind of react. So, this year we took, uh, recently we, we brought my son Harrison on his very first roller coaster ride. 
And we said to him, he's, he's four years old, he's creeping up on five, and we said to him, are you sure you want to do this? And we t- I talked him through it. I'm like, it's going to be, I mean, we're going to go really fast. We're going to go up and down and all over the place, and it's going to be pretty frightening. Are you sure that you want to do this? And I asked him maybe a hundred times, are you sure? Are you sure? Are you sure? And so we get on the ride, and his eyes are huge, like saucer pans. He's just like drinking it all in. And we, we begin to go on this roller coaster. And so I'm leaning into this moment and I'm talking over him and I'm trying to like, you know, speak. Isn't this fun? Whoa, this is, you know, and all these ups and downs. I'm trying to help him to process it and interpret it as this is fun. We get off of the ride and we say to Harrison, Harrison, what did you think? Was that awesome? And he says, yeah, I thought I was going to die. And we laughed about it, we giggled about it, but that's the experience that some of us have in the midst of frightening things. We don't know any better, so we just quickly evaluate it and we say, it feels like I'm dying. It feels like I I thought I was going to die. And we just kind of react in fear. That's not what's happening here. What's happening here is you have these individuals who are really experts in this area of, uh, in this field. These are fishermen. These are their boats. This is their body of water. This is their vocation puts them on these exact boats in this exact location day by day by day. When they look at this storm, which commentators say this, you know, storms in this area, squalls like this, they were typical. But there was something about this particular storm that these experts said, we're in trouble. We're, we're in deep trouble. Lord, don't you care? And maybe as we look at what's happening in this world right now, we're, we're having to acknowledge what the experts are saying because most of us, we don't know any better. And that's, what, that's how we made our decision this week about things. We consulted with different individuals who are experts in the field. And if they're saying this is a troubling time where we need to take drastic measures, then that's kind of what we're doing. But oftentimes the storms of life, they, they remind us that they are scary there are really big threats in our experience where we have to acknowledge that we're crying out to God. Do you see what I'm going through and do you care? Are you going to do anything about this? Now, the coronavirus and all that is happening right now in this pandemic across our globe, um, it is troubling times, but man, this is not the only time where we will go through storms. Storms come in a variety of shapes and sizes, and and we have all kinds of different experiences. So this is very important, not only for this week and this moment, but this is important. The word of the Lord and what he's teaching us today is important in general. A couple months ago, I sat down and I wrote out the traumatic things that I've been through since the launch of our campus, things that I've had to lead members of our church through. And I wrote down maybe 10 or 12 different things. When, you know, had my notebook there, I wrote them down, I put some notes about what was going on, and I look at that and I just think, these are all incredibly traumatic experiences. Things that are emotionally devastating. Things that, that are just, you know, I can't talk about them without betraying confidence, but there are things that have happened in this short three-year time span that are just, in, they're awful, and, and it's hard to even wrap my head around them. And then I was thinking this week, what if I were to list out all of the different storms that our people are going through? If I were to take all of the individuals from our McChesney Park campus and just kind of list out what I'm aware of, 
with health stuff, with financial stuff, with relational stuff. If I were to list all of those different things out, there, there are storms everywhere. The storms are real, the storms are hard, and this is God helping us to recognize that he is the Lord over the storms. That's the second part that I want to bring you to. I want to show you in our story that there is a Lord over the storm. The Lord is, first off, he's present. He's there. He's in the boat. Look at verse 38. Jesus was in the stern. Jesus was there with them as they're going through this traumatic experience. He was present, which, by the way, should warn us against some faulty thinking of, you know, prosperity gospel kind of stuff where you would think, if Jesus is in my boat, I should be fine. If Jesus is in my boat, I won't even have to go through storms. But this story tells us otherwise, doesn't it? That he is there with them and they are in a storm. So it warns us against saying things like this. This is what Mary and Martha said later on when their brother passed away. They, they said to Jesus, if you had been here, our brother would not have died. Now, I understand mourning and what that feels like to be in a broken situation and to be able to spill out your heart to God. But the truth is, when we're in the storm, we should recognize that maybe the Lord is there. Maybe he's present with us. Maybe his presence doesn't necessarily get us out of these experiences. In fact, maybe he is the Lord over the storm and he is using that storm to teach us something. Look, look at this. This was his idea. Look at verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. In other words, he is pushing the boat out into what he knows will be a storm. I mean, think about it. If he knows all things, if he's all powerful, let's just, you know, speculate for a minute here. If, if he's aware, then isn't it kind of true to say he's actually rowing them into this experience? Rowing, R-O-W, whatever. He's rowing them into this experience because he's going to use it to teach them things about faith and about himself. So he is present with us. And he is even at work because he's powerful in the midst of these circumstances, helping us to know who he is. So whatever it is that we're going through this pandemic right now and all the scary and traumatic things that we're dealing with and all the heartbreaking and brokenness stuff that we're going through right now, let's acknowledge a couple different things. Let's acknowledge that Jesus is present, that he's with us, that he's for us. And let's also acknowledge that he's in control, that he's powerful, that he's good, that he can wield these things for his glory and for our good. Here's another thing that we see when we consider the Lord of the storm. The Lord has an incredible peace about him. He is reclining. He is sleeping on a cushion. Verse 38, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. There's a raging storm going on and he's taking a nap. Now, we talk about this around here. We, we hyphenate things. We say we want our people to have gospel confidence and we want our people to have gospel peace. We, we want for you to be able to go through these traumatic experiences and feel steady. We, we want you to feel at ease. I've told the story a bunch of times, but it's so fun to tell. 
There was a, a time when we took an RV that was donated to our family to Colorado, and we were on our way back, and I was driving, and I was unaware of where I was at, and I woke my dad up because it was the middle of the night. It was like three in the morning. And I said, hey, am I supposed to get off anytime soon? And he sleepily said, yeah, it's the, you know, the, the exit that's coming up. And I said, okay, cool. And then, so I'm just driving and I'm doing my thing. And then he, he's kind of sleepily sitting behind me, just kind of gazing out the windshield. And then he goes, here's our exit. And I'm like, okay, cool. And I'm at full speed in an old RV. And so I get over and then he goes, it's 30, it's 30, 30 miles an hour. So we're flying off this, you know, off ramp that's going around this sharp corner and I'm jamming on the brakes as hard as I can and we're going around the corner and I'm thinking, if I take this thing at this speed, we're tipping over. So I have to make that snap judgment growing up on a tree farm with all kinds of vehicles and doing all kinds of stupid things, I was like, you know what? I'm going to get us out of here. So I turned down the hill and we go down the hill and the whole RV is shaking like crazy and everyone, my family that's asleep in the RV is waking up screaming bloody murder. And we get to the bottom of the hill and my brother B-Rad, he sits up. He's been asleep this whole time. He sits up and he goes, that wasn't that bad. Lays back down. And that vision, that experience, that illustration, that's what we're talking about. There's a way, and it's not, it's not being naive, it's not being irresponsible, but there is a way to be like Jesus who in the midst of a storm is able to take a nap. And I want that for you. I want that for you that in the midst of everything that's going on, you have this steadiness about your soul. You have this gospel peace because the biggest things in your life are already settled so that you can go through whatever and people look at you and they might say, how is it that you're so calm right now? How is it that you're not freaking out about these things? And that gospel peace actually should be like a magnet drawing people to our Lord. The Lord has peace and the Lord has power. Look at verse 39. In verse 39, we see how incredible he truly is. He got up, the Lord got up and he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. Jesus has the ability to look at these things that we think are going to destroy us. And with a word, he's able to settle them, settle down, quiet, be still. And they listen and the, the waves go completely flat and the storm subsides. And we then see Jesus is powerful. Listen, no matter what it is that we're going through right now, Jesus is Lord over it. No matter how scary this might seem and, and, and no matter how fearful we are of how things are going to play out and how people are going to respond, Jesus is Lord over it. He could, with a word, say something that would actually eradicate this threat. He could, with a word, heal the world right now. That's the kind of Lord that we're dealing with. The Lord who can calm the storm of the sea and he can calm the storms and the threats of pandemics and he can calm the storm and the threat of death and sin and pain and darkness and all that stuff. Jesus with a word could say, settle down, be still, quiet, and the world would listen to him. That's the kind of Lord that we're dealing with, the Lord of the storm. So he's teaching us then how to have faith within the storm. This is the third thing I want to show you. This whole 
event appears to be designed to teach us how to have faith. This whole thing is meant to show us what it looks like to trust in Jesus himself. The disciples, they didn't get it right at first. When they're going through this, they are misinterpreting the circumstances. In verse 38, they wake him up and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? Even though Jesus is teaching us how to have faith within the storm, most of us will misinterpret the events. And we'll look at it and we'll, we'll wrongly say, Jesus must not care. Because if I'm going through this, if I'm dealing with these, these hardships, if I'm dealing with a, a health diagnosis that is so devastating, if, I, if, if all these things are going on, if I'm dealing with the circumstances of my life, then maybe Jesus just doesn't care. And so they misinterpret it, but, but Jesus is committed to helping them see how to have faith within the storm. He asks a very probing question in verse 40. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Here's what he's doing. He's drawing out their unbelief. He's asking a question so that they have to examine their own hearts. Why is it that you're so fearful? Do you have no faith? Now, if Jesus were to put that question to many of us today, I wonder if we would have to answer in the same way. I wonder if he would be diagnosing the condition of our heart, saying, here's the truth about you. You're full of fear and you're not trusting me. You don't have faith. And many of us, I think, would have to acknowledge that. But Jesus here is using the circumstances of the storm in the boat to teach the disciples how to have faith within the storm. The, the, the storm then really becomes a classroom for growing in faith. It, it becomes a classroom for learning how to develop faith. His students are the disciples, and he is using this experience to show them it is possible to be a person of faith. And, and he's going to then draw attention to himself. So he's teaching us what it means to have faith. Now, what is faith? It's trust. It's belief. It's confidence in what God is doing. And Jesus is asking them to trust in him. He's not saying have faith in your boat, have faith in your ability to navigate this storm, have faith in the fact that these squalls come and go quickly, have faith. He's saying, no, 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 no. Do you fear? Why don't you have faith? He's saying have faith in him. Jesus is the Lord over the storm who can calm the storm and he is calling them to believe in and to trust in him. And when that happens, it's a game changer. It, it, it literally changes everything. It changes the entire conversation. A new question emerges. Okay, Jesus speaks over the storm and he says, quiet, be still, and it goes flat. And then after asking that question, how do the disciples respond? They have this brand new question because they begin to realize who it is that they're dealing with. What is faith? Faith is actually seeing Jesus for who he truly is, trusting in him. So look at verse 41. This is how it's put in the story. It says, they were terrified. Not of, not of the waves, the wind, or the storm, or the situation anymore. They were terrified of him. They were terrified, and they asked each other, who is this? that even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus is saying you can have faith within the storm. Here's, here's how that plays out. It's when you apprehend who Jesus truly is. When you look at him and you say, 
who am I dealing? Who am I dealing with? This is no ordinary individual. This is the Lord Himself. This is the one who's sovereign over all His creation and even the hardships that I'm going through. When you begin to see Jesus as the Lord of the storm and you begin to trust in Him, it changes everything because you're no longer thinking about the 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 circumstances. You're now focused on Him, and you're saying He is something else. And if he has the ability to calm the storm or heal a sickness or, or, or heal the world, then I'm going to place my faith in him. And it is going to change everything. That's what we're after this morning, a gospel peace coming from our trust in him. I want to invite you to trust him right now. Whether it's for the first time or reaffirming that trust in him, he is Lord of the storm He is faithful. He is good. He sees even the smallest details of your life and he cares and he's concerned. But he is the Lord who can calm the storm. Let's trust in him. Let me pray. Jesus, we acknowledge that too often we consider you less than you really are. Too often when we think about you, we, we don't really apprehend how awesome you are. But you are Lord. And you're in our boat. And you have power and you can bring this, this peace. So Lord, we trust you. We, we ask that you would give us greater and greater faith in who you are and what you've done for us. And that by trusting in you, that it would change everything, all of the storms that we go through, including this one that we're dealing with in our culture, in our time right now. Help us, please, in Jesus' name, amen.